Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Treble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Yeah. Sweatier. <laughs> Actually, me too. Yeah. This office gets warm. I'm very warm right now. My computer's been on and loud for a very long time. I don't think that's helping. <laughs> I'm just naturally sweaty. Um... Uh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that Jordan Peele gif in real life, IRL. Yes! <laughs> um, my favorite hey, Jordan can I ask a question? I'm yes. sorry, uh, bringing up, because you just brought up Jordan Peele really quickly, and it's horror-related, so I just wanted you guys' thoughts. Does it bother you? Because it bothers me a bit that they keep addressing the new Candyman as Jordan Peele's Candyman and not Nia DaCosta's. I, I just feel like it takes away from the filmmaker. It takes away... From this new, especially this new woman voice in horror, and it's just, it's upsetting to me. That's probably, like, all that marketing stuff, right? Where they're like, oh, let's mm-hmm. just throw out the biggest name that's attached to this. Especially because he's been big with mm-hmm. uh, his previous films. So it's like, well, if we attach him to it, then everyone will just go see it automatically, right? That's true. I, I it's, Yeah, it's all money and marketing, but I don't know. It just, it irks me. Because I'm like, I, I know it's not Jordan Peele's candy man it's he produced it sure i mean you might as well say it's universal's candy man or blumhouse's candy man not just mm-hmm. not just jordan peele's like i don't know i don't know it, it just shows that we're still so far behind the eight ball oh yeah, yeah. it always seems, seems weird to me when blumhouse is always like oh from the uh, producers of get, get out and us comes you know some like really cheesy c-grade horror movie and you're like i don't know if there's so many similarities there besides the fact that they're <laughs> and they're from the same you know production studio but mm-hmm. that's about it um, i definitely that been... fantasy island <laughs> it's like i don't think ma's gonna be on the same level of quality as uh, the... <laughs> <laughs> and i thought it would be and man was i disappointed with that movie <sighs> I know, I was just going to say, I've been bait-and-switched by that kind of tagline before, and yeah. it's not fun. You feel like you've just wasted your time after that. And honestly, sometimes it makes you want to watch stuff from those people less, because you're like, well, fuck it, if they're just going to make shit anyways, then, meh. Oh, I don't buy it anymore. I mean, anytime I see a trailer and they're like from the producers of Get Out and Us, I'm like, nice try. We all know, <laughs> we all know, you yeah. know this is not going to be, you know, the Oscar uh, award-winning uh fantasy island reboot that everyone was wanting but uh, i guess that's a pretty good tip off like if they need to say that at the beginning of the movie then you already know it's probably not going to be great yeah (laughs) which by the way fantasy island not a good movie if you couldn't pick up on that already but uh, i'm getting sent the blu-ray i haven't received it yet from but i already i filled the the whole thing to get the blu-ray so i you know what i'm watching purely purely on pena level alone (laughs) <laughs> so it's, yeah it's a, got a lot of time to kill so yeah exactly yes. also the ending to that movie is 
probably one of the worst endings he'll ever. Is it as bad as the turning? Oh my fucking god, that movie! I oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, and and I, I liked Floria Sigismondi's last movie, which was The Runaways. That's the uh, the Joan Jett movie. I mean, be, uh, also, you know, flying my case to flag on that one. But <laughs> what the fuck was the turning? And there's a scene in the trailer, a really cool looking shot of a spider on a kid's mouth. Not in the movie. No. Not at all in the movie. Like, nothing to do... Like, nowhere in that movie. Like, not even a part where it would have been cut from. Like, no. nothing. Was the ending bad, or did it just come out of nowhere? It was, like, a whole... It was, it was the... Okay, spoiler. It was, uh... It was all a dream ending. Oh, no. Yeah, the oh, whole no. third act, turns out, doesn't happen. What's even the point, then? Mm, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I was so mad. I will say this. Brahms the Boy 2 is probably better than the turning. <laughs> and I have to watch that soon. I have to watch the first and second one because I have no idea about either of them. So, no, I won't spoil it, but Brom, Brom 1 is weird. Uh, it's got some weird performances, too. I, Brom's The Boy 2 just gets so weird with it, and there's some really dumb moments that I just keep laughing at. Like, I was re-watching it, and there's a scene where Katie Holmes has to like look up the serial number for the doll. So oh she looks, yeah. She looks it up, and it's supposed to be like six zero six H. She looks it up, and nothing comes up. So then she's just like, oh, "I guess this doll doesn't exist." So then she goes about. Then like thirty minutes later in the movie, she's like, "What if it was nine zero nine H?" And then she looks <laughs> it up, goodness. and then it's like, "This is the most evil doll I've known, doll kind." And she's like, "Oh fuck!" And I was just like, oh. "Oh my god!" So the main character's own stupidity is basically a plot. Yeah, it's nice, a little bit because the audience is forty. Five minutes ahead of her. Yeah. <laughs> Although, there's a two point where they break the doll's face, and he's got like the weirdest face underneath. Like, it's like he's got a toothy butthole for a mouth, and it's just really weird, but also awesome. Sounds like a great movie to watch drunk. Oh, yeah. It's so bad it's good, which is not what you can say about the turning. The turning is just so bad that <laughs> you should never, ever watch it. But, Problems oh, the Boy 2 is, 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 bad but also like if you can turn your brain off and just know it's not ever going to be good it, you can probably get some enjoyment out of it it'll make you wonder why william brent bell actually has a job <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh sad to say that there's not been too many good horror movies this year um, mm -mm. the hunt i don't know the hunt's not really horror but i do no satire i'd say yeah oh, thriller. I seen that. it's so good it's probably one of my favorite it movies of the year but there's not that much out, so... <laughs> well, technically at this point, we should have already have seen The Quiet Plays Part 2 and probably been blown away by it. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I still... Yeah. The controversial opinion, I was not a fan of the first film. Ah! Kurt. I know. We'll skip past that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day we'll... we'll forget that. about that for now. My, yeah. my issue was, is like, the movie is so quiet a lot of the time, and all I could hear is people just being like, Mark, do you want to go after ah. to, to, to go grab a burger? Or people chewing on popcorn and stuff, and it's just too distracting. Bad imagine, movie, sitting yeah. in the, imagine sitting in the theater with headphones on, though, and watching that movie. That would have been good. Oh. Wait, yeah. why don't why don't they have that as a... Well, okay, I guess I understand why, because cleanliness would suck. But, like, they should have that as just a general thing in theaters, mm -hmm. where you, you can just rent a pair of headphones and, like, just tune into mm -hmm. the movie and not mm -hmm. get disturbed by everyone. Yeah. yeah. 
No, that was my main issue with that movie. And I have yet to rewatch it at home. I think if I did, I would probably enjoy it more. But yeah, I just, I'm charmed, charmed by this idea of, of just being like, well, 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 I'm going to make out now. And it's like, it's like, shut the fuck up. Try to, try to watch a movie. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I don't need your shit right now. Anyways, <laughs> we're not talking about the popcorn munchkin shenanigans behind Quiet Place. We're talking about Parasite, which is... Oh, really boy. Like, yes. Uh, yeah, relatively recent. I mean, it literally came out Mount Lesser. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, greed and class discrimination threatened the newly formed symbiotic relationship between the wealthy Park family and the destitute Kim Clan. Uh, this is a movie that came out of there, surprised a whole, a whole lot of people, enraged a whole racist, and then, then won Best Picture. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's some of us that didn't surprise. The ones that were already Bong Joon-ho fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was surprised that it won Best Picture because, not that I, that I didn't think it was a great movie, but just thinking that the Academy really doesn't do a lot of foreign fare so mm. i was sort of surprised that they let it go that far in terms of nominations and winning but again i mean it was a cultural phenomenon this was a movie that through mainly word of mouth alone and positive reviews just gonna pat myself on the back being a film critic on that one by the way mm. um <laughs> but you know through word of mouth and reviews got the big following that it has today yeah um, I knew people that uh, talking about this movie that were upset it got nominated because I guess there's some people who, and I don't know if this is true because I don't watch the Academy Awards a lot, but is it mainly just an American program? Because there were some complaints that it's not an American movie, so it shouldn't have won. No, I don't think there's anything to do with it being an American movie. I think, I mean, because King's Speech won Best Picture. That was a British yeah. film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there are so there. I mean, Inaritu has won three Academy Awards in a row, wasn't it? Like, yeah. I, I mean, they celebrated Mexico. I mean, Guillermo del Toro won after that. They, I, I mean, Curon won. Uh, I mean, it, it, unless Mexico is part of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the border wall, I guess it's not. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I think it just came down to uh, that the, that, this was the Asian community or if it was, or, or if it was like uh, an East Indian movie or if it was mm-hmm. uh, an African movie or, you know, I mean, I think this just comes to the different skin racism, honestly, at the end of the day that people were unhappy with this one because uh, I, you know, was saying since I saw the movie in September, this is last year that this is the best movie of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's very rare for a movie with like foreign language subtitles to be nominated for best picture of winning. Like that mm-hmm. doesn't happen. I mean, you get some movies that have sections of that or something like that, but it definitely feels like it's Americanized in the way that like, there's certainly not a large portion of the movie of any movie that really like gets nominated where it's in a foreign language that people, you know, I'm going to say the general movie audiences would be like, oh, what? And there are people who will scoff at subtitles. I mean, which is really weird. I mean, if you're one of those people, sorry, not sorry. But, um, yeah, people just, some people just don't like subtitles, which is very weird. Um, 
why we chose this. Well, this is uh, one that the listeners were requesting for some time, which makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, and I figured since we were doing Dogtooth, it's a really good double feature with Dogtooth. There's some similarities mm-hmm. between the two movies that I'd be interested to bring up and discuss because I feel as if if you look at the two movies, there's a lot of similarities in how they both sort of deal with um, you know people being sort of I guess I'm trying to think of the right word. I don't know. Maybe I'll come back to this later. I'm not. I'm not in a thinking mood right now. But there's some similarities <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. So uh, first time we uh, watched this. When was the first time you guys watched this movie? I got the screener link for it in September. Uh, after waiting, <laughs> waiting, waiting. I mean, uh, well, as soon as the initial reviews were coming out at Cannes Film Festival, I was like. Oh my god! I I need this in my life, and I, I'm just such a huge fan of South Korean film. I I mean, I think I brought this up on our episode for the Wailing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if I was to pick an international film that I gravitate towards, it's South Korean films. I just I have a serious love affair with them. I've probably only seen less than five that I disliked. Uh, and mm. Bong is one of the best. Uh, the other guy, I mean, the uh, I Saw the Devil guy would be kind of second. Park Chan-wook would be in there. These are some of my favorite filmmakers. And, uh, I mean, now to see him giggle at getting a, an Academy Award and look at it with such pride, it just, I, I was such a happy guy on Oscar night. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. How can you be mad at him getting nominated when you see the way that he reacts to things? Because it's just so wonderful. And even when he won a director's, when he won best director, he used his time to praise everybody in his category. Who does that? Who does that? Well, like, I think he knows, like, these are people he reveres. And Mm -hmm. in his mind, they should have won. So the fact that he won, you know, obviously, you know, he must feel a sense of honor being, you know, uh, thought of as a peer amongst them. And, And afterwards, like, guys like Martin Scorsese, like, got in touch with them basically we're like yeah you, you made a good film so you you were yeah the only thing that bothered me about scorsese's letter is he's like you can rest now and it's like no man that's not how it works you of all people should know that's not how it worked uh but i mean i'm proud to own this on blu-ray i know you do too because yeah. we're we're both kind of ravenous about getting it and i'm even more proud to eventually own the criterion because it's going to be part of the criterion collection Cool. I remember when, when I got Blu-ray, I was just like, "Like this, this is never. This is going on my. I have certain shelves on my, my Blu-ray, you know, selection where certain shelves are like, I'm going to this shelf because that's got a movie I know I'll enjoy. Like Adventures and Games on on there, you know, I could just pluck pluck mm-hmm. that throw it in anytime I want. And enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parasite's on that shelf where I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? I can throw this in anytime I want. This will be a good time. So. Yeah. Random question, kind of a tangent, but now I'm intensely curious. How do you guys normally organize your DVDs? Do you have them like certain ones that you really like in one area or do you sort of by title? Like maybe I'm, it's just because I work in libraries and so I'm always curious about this, but I'm yeah. incredibly OCD. So I go alphabetical. Nice. It's, it's an unfortunate thing for me. I mean, a lot of my, cause I, I, you know, I'm uh, in a temporary living situation right now. So a lot of mine are boxed away. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's alphabetical or nothing for me. 
yeah, for me, I used to do alphabetical, but now what I just do is I just have like, I have it largely alphabetical, but I have some that I just keep on a separate shelf that again, I just know I'm going to go back mm. to those sort of just easy, you know, grabbing. Cause at this point I have so many Blu-rays and pitfalls of being a film critic, but you just get mm -hmm. so much stuff. And after a while, mm -hmm. it's like, man, do I want to like get through all these Ip Man movies to finally find my Parasite Blu-ray? Um, okay, I'll just put Parasite on the top shelf. But uh, <laughs> nothing against the you Ip guys... Man movies, except for the fourth one, which could just go burn in a fire. But You could almost like each have your own little, you know, those bins at like grocery stores where they have like the, the D-rate movies where that nobody really likes. Um, I found Nazis at the center of the earth in one of those one time. I feel like you could each have your own bin of that, where it's just like people can come and grab all the, the crappy shit that you guys get. I had way too many Blu-rays, and eventually I just went through them and thought of the ones I wanted to keep and the ones I was willing to part with, and then I just donated the ones that I didn't want to the children's hospital. At least mm -hmm. the kids' ones, although hopefully none, no R-rated movies snuck in there. Uh, so... <laughs> Let's put on this movie, uh, Dogtooth. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I did that like a couple years back where I was just, I looked at my shelf and I'm like, I'm, am I really going to watch uh, this movie? And there's just, there were so many movies that I just, I got, I just didn't ever want to rewatch. So I just gave them away. So um, yeah, if you ever have a kid in Children's Hospital in Vancouver and you want to watch a movie, apparently, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be good for a while. Um, but yeah, I still have a large collection even with that. So Blu-ray tangent there. Um, <laughs> yes. Thank you for appeasing my curiosity. Yeah. Well, it's actually, yeah. Cause you mentioned, yeah. Working in a library. That, I guess like for you curating content like that becomes like this, like OCD level of like making sure that everything's mm -hmm. accessible and easy to find and whatnot. Right. Oh so. my goodness. Yeah. Well, and the, the back end of libraries is all metadata and making sure everything's all organized on the back end too. So it's like when it comes to organizing things or rearranging things, even though I don't like to do it in my own house for some reason, anywhere else is like, I got it. Nice. Um, follow up question. If you ever see someone put like a book or something back in a place that doesn't belong, just, you just secretly churn inside and you're like, what are you doing? Oh, I immediately want to hurt everyone, but that's okay. <laughs> I know it comes from a good place inside. <laughs> all right. Um, first time we watched this, I feel like our, all of our answers are going to be pretty similar. Cause it literally just came out last year, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it would be uh, when yeah when the when the stu studio sent me the screener before the film festival. Yeah, I think first time I saw it was at Fantastic Fest. They had it playing there, and that was great because they had Bong there and everything, and he was such a joy. And he hung out afterwards. He was drinking quite a bit too. I was surprised that dude can really like slam back some cocktails, no problem. Uh, <laughs> But he was he was just such a gem to to be around and i didn't get a chance to talk to him but uh i saw the movie there and i it was amazing because i think everyone everyone was like oh bong is great you know it's another bong hit you know cue the bad jokes but uh, <laughs> then you watch it and i think everyone was like man this must be his best film thus far and i didn't expect it to ever win best picture at the oscars but definitely walking out of it i was like this is gonna be something people are gonna want to watch so um what about you taylor um i think i waited a little bit after it first came out 
um, just because I remember all of like the hype dying down a teensy bit for it by the time I got around to it. Mm -hmm. But um, it was definitely before the end of last year because I remember uh, making I was making a list of my top movies for last year, and that was right near the top. So, mm -hmm. uh, right, got a couple emails here. Uh, Aaron says one of my favorites from last year. I loved how many genres it weaves in it; never felt forced. Uh, yeah, I guess that was the similarity between this and uh, Dark Tooth. I was trying to get at is that yeah, there's multiple genres within this, and it just mm -hmm. works so much with how it's kind of combined message. Like none of it feels too weighted or too forced. It all feels like it's working towards one common purpose, purpose to tell to tell the story. So, mm -hmm. um, all right. Says, what do you think? will be with the Adam McKay series we haven't talked about that thus thus far but they're remaking this, this film as a HBO miniseries I believe so and Bong's involved yeah so it's not it's not like they're taking it away from him and just doing their own American version of it Bong's involved with it so I have I'm not like I'm usually really pissed off when the Americans jump in to, to remake something that's absolutely perfect. We saw it this year with uh, uh, Force Mayor being remade into the lackluster downhill. Um, like, to leave it alone. But the fact that Bong is basically heading this thing with Adam McKay, uh, I'm interested. Well, and especially for something like this, I feel like with a lot of things, if they're remade, or especially things that are taken from movie to TV format there's not enough to actually make it into that format. They just think that they can shoehorn a bunch of shit in and the people who liked one in, as a movie will like it as a series. But this one, I feel like you could probably find a lot of really cool things to expand on that would add to the tensions of the families too. And like, depending on how long the series is and that the actual original director is involved, I, f I feel a little more optimistic about this, but mm -hmm. yeah. Plus, such a universal story of poverty and, you know, sort of a lot of, like, economics behind it. So I feel like it's a story that you can easily pluck out and take into um, North America or Europe or mm -hmm. wherever. And it still works. Like, it still can be done. Mm -hmm. So, Well, that class system is still there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The class system exists everywhere. And that that's, I think that's why I love the title parasite so much because it's such a broad term to every character in this in this movie mm -hmm. uh, being being the the poor family that infiltrates this family and the rich family they can't fucking do anything for themselves they can't even fucking wash dishes or or mm -hmm. drive like there's nothing that they can do for themselves so they leech off the lower class to do that for them yeah um so yeah, no, I'm a little optimistic about it because Bong's involved and it's, again, a story mm -hmm. that is so universal and it's not mm -hmm. something really tied to, say, South Korea in particular. I mean, it, it's a story mm -hmm. that can be retold in multiple areas. So, And it's HBO. Yes. I mean, it's <laughs> HBO. These guys, uh, they never take on anything lightly, even in something that that hbo puts out a show that oh you haven't heard of like they cut last year they came out with euphoria i've never heard of euphoria i watch a couple episodes i'm like holy shit yeah how yeah, true. What, right like if, if netflix said that they were doing this series i would not i don't i would probably watch it but i would not have a lot of faith in it before it came out no. yeah 
They also did The Watchmen on HBO, which was fantastic. Oh my god! Another one that is so I mean, people that love, that revere the subject material, like me, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, like, we're on such a fence of, like, this could be really good or it could be terrible, and then we're like, oh, Lindelof's writing it. Ah, oh, it, might, it might have a really terrible ending. And he nails everything. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, god damn. It's, uh, yeah. I think everything's lined up. And you know what? I'm not one of those people where if it's bad, it ruins the movie for me. Like, I can still separate the original movie from the other movies that come out or the, the series. So, mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people It's like, oh, it ruined the original for me. I'm like, no, the original's still there. Like, that, that's what happened with the thing. I saw... That, yeah. <laughs> the 2013 thing, requel, whatever you want to call it. And I got so offended by that movie. But part of me was like, well... You know, there's the original film. I can just totally forget that this new one with Mary Elizabeth Winstead doesn't exist. So, yeah. Um. All right. Best line in the movie. Onto awards. Oh, there's some good ones. I think the the ones that I specifically noted down. There's um some really poignant ones from the mum about mm -hmm. the family being rich but still nice and she goes not rich but still nice nice because she's rich you know hell if i had all this money i'd be nice too um, yeah and that gets brought up multiple times and i think those are really interesting lines and then um the father's speech about planning and never having a plan because life's probably just gonna fuck you over anyways like <laughs> and nobody cares and it uh, that's very that's such a good speech I yeah i would i'm oh, sorry go ahead. oh no you go ahead steve uh, I would agree. I, I really like that if I had all this, I would be kinder mm -hmm. uh, from Chung Sook. I, I really, really, really dig that line. Um, but I also, there's um, there, there's threads with the uh, with, with Kevin and, and his cell phone that I absolutely, his addiction to Wi-Fi and everything that I fucking love in this mm -hmm. movie. Especially when, like, their house is flooding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, what I mean, the priorities. I, 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 I really think is really funny. And, and I mean, that opening scene when they get all the pesticides into their apartment is probably mm. my favorite scene of the entire film. Oh man, yeah, it's such a great scene. Uh, it does I such a good job of setting up. Like they're they're so poor that they use something like that. <laughs> that is, they're obviously coughing, and it's not safe for them to inhale but like getting things for free is so important to them because mm -hmm. they don't have to pay for it right and yeah. and that's the treatment of the class system by the government as well right like mm -hmm. because there's not there's not much authority or government involvement at all in this movie except for societal overlying things mm-hmm mm -hmm. But everything else is just between these two families and the former house staff, you know? Mm -hmm. I, uh, my particularly favorite line is, line is the uh, Jessica Wild line to Kijong Jong says best before they enter. I like that. I mean, that's such a, such a great way to, way to encapsulate her personality and who she is. So. Mm hmm. Um, but I also do really like the self-portrait line because it also just gets to the comedy of the movie as well. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's a chimpanzee, right? Uh, uh, self-portrait. It's like, ooh, awkward. 
when she, when she's um describing the the painting that she does with him afterwards too and she's like this is the schizophrenia corner and it's like <laughs> she's just making this shit up as she goes along and she's doing such a good job of it uh that you're for, when i first watched the movie i was like wait is this is she actually like some sort of art therapist or something and then because she just sells it so well and then afterwards you realize oh no she's just like saying whatever she needs to say yeah mm-hmm. all right <laughs> Um, best performance. This one might be tough because there's so many great, great performances in this. I, I mean, I, I love everybody in this movie, but Song Kang Ho as Kim K. Tak, uh, so good. Yeah, I was gonna say this is another one where the father's probably my favorite. Uh, and he, he just he, he developed the the movie with Bong as well. They're they're like they're best friends, right? They're very very close friends. And so he was part of the development of this whole story and this whole archetype. Um, So the fact that he just nails it, like, oh, he's he's good enough that he should have been nominated for Best Actor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think out of all the performances, his is the strongest. Uh, Not necessarily because the others are bad, but I just think he works so well with Bong and he has such a uh, history as an actor. So Mm -hmm. I think he's got a... Bit of a slight advantage there. Yeah, well, and and it takes it takes that third act crazy moment at the party for you to realize that he's the lightning rod of the entire film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, his his emotions kind of push forward the plot and his decisions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. And uh, best kill in the movie. I mean, there's not a heck of a lot. I would just say it would really just in the end was it wasn't it like it's a little ambiguous the final results of the party right well Jessica or the daughter she I'm pretty sure she dies yes yeah the daughter dies because they have I think they have a scene where they're mourning her at the end mm-hmm, right yeah yeah um but uh I do like when uh the 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 guy that was hidden underneath the basement comes out and he's just covered in blood and he's just like this movie is probably not a traditional horror movie in a lot of ways but scenes like that of him like staring down the child as he's like exiting out of the basement and him coming out and attacking is is more of a horror movie than a lot of other horror movies out there nowadays so mm-hmm. um but i think yeah when um i think when when she gets killed was probably like the one that not the best kill in terms of like, oh, you know, it was the best done or anything, but it was, it was the one that I felt the most upset about because I like that mm-hmm. actor so much. So I was like, oh, not, yeah, not mm-hmm. her. Yeah, I think I think that the the rich father's death at the end is probably the one that is my favorite, just because of how much has been building up to it almost, yeah. and like mm-hmm. how how much the 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 father has been bubbling away, kind of with this this like hatred for for the this other father even though it, in general they seem to get along pretty well but it's just that undercurrent of well this guy thinks that i am dirt regardless of what i do and yeah. he, like my daughter is dying in front of him and he's still covering his nose like because of the stench of these people like like that's i think that's probably got to be my favorite yeah yeah I, as much as they found fa- cuz i mean they found so many common bonds in their interactions but then everything was just brought to the reality of the situation Mm -hmm. in that moment 
Mm -hmm. And mostly just from like little, little things that, that people have said, not thinking anything of them. Like when the storm happens and their entire apartment gets flooded and then the next day the, the rich mother is like, oh, it's so wonderful that it rained because now it's beautiful for our son's birthday. It's like uh, little, little things like that mm -hmm. that get under the skin when they're actually kind of harmless statements. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I like that you, you almost think they're nice, you know, towards the beginning, but as the movie goes on, like, you know, there's obviously the scenes where they're hidden under the table and they hear things they shouldn't, but it adds context to that relationship and then you start to realize, like, no, they they really don't respect them. So when, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the two fathers are hidden in the bushes and he's just trying to make an earnest connection and he's like, don't forget, you're here to do a job. You're like, shit. Like, he, he thinks that they're getting along, that they're almost friends in a way, but he's mm -hmm. reminded like no you're here to do a job and that's, that's mm -hmm. it. it's such a sobering reminder and that it builds up to that you know explosive finale and i think you almost sometimes forget like why does he do this but then if you rewatch it it's like oh yeah the seeds were planted way throughout the movie so, mm -hmm. yeah. um all right uh steve what, did you say what your best kill was um I would say the barbecue skewer. Oh, that is pretty great. That is probably mm -hmm. like the best executed scene. <laughs> it's the barbecue yeah. skewer. Oh, yeah. Love it. Uh, dumbest decision in this movie. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Letting the old nanny in. Why the fuck would you let her in? Yeah. I. But I, I you know, I, again, it's it comes down to ignorance of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and not knowing how deep her connection is, they just think that she has just like been there for a long time. They didn't think that she had uh, secrets tunneled away there. Mm. Like that is that is yeah. quite the reveal. <laughs> I think playing playing off of the okay, well, if we don't let her in, we might then look suspicious, right? Like she's just a harmless lady. What could go wrong? Other mm -hmm. than everything that does, but going down the stairs in the, like that sequence, like like that immediately follows after of going down the stairs and and the slow reveal of the basement. I audibly sitting at home watching it on my TV was going, "Oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me?" Mm -hmm. Like I was just fucking flabbergasted by this whole scene, and like, yeah, man, I got to hand it to Bong, man. Especially the, the cinematography of of that reveal is just, I mean, chef's kiss, man. It's some of the best <laughs> stuff I've ever seen in my years of loving movies. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I yeah, know this movie's just gorgeous all around. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does next. I wonder, I don't know what is announced what his next film is, but... Uh, I think Scorsese's still hoping he's going to arrest. Yeah. Scorsese keeps watching the trades like, don't announce something. Don't announce something. I told you to rest! Let me have, me have a moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't have anything announced. But I'm sure whatever he does next will be great. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen any of his other stuff, uh, Okoya, I think it's called. I might be butchering the name, uh, but mm -hmm. I think that's on Netflix. That's pretty good. The host's fantastic. The host is probably my second favorite of his movies. I love the host. I really do love that movie. I, I love the redemption, the bumbling, like buffoonery that yeah. leads into redemption. Yeah. Um, 
But underlyingly, and I, 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 I've seen a few people talk about this one. I, I implore people to go check out Mother. Yeah, another great one. Uh, Snowpiercer was also really great too. Everything so good. Mm-hmm. I think like so. ruined by the Weinstein's, ruined yeah. by Harvey. Harvey attempted to ruin that film. And the thing is, I think that movie shares the most with Parasite in terms of like mm-hmm. themes and what they're going for. So, I mean, yeah, if you like Parasite, you want to go watch more of his stuff, definitely go watch Snowpiercer because that's the closest mm-hmm. in terms of the similarities uh, between the two films. Also, I'll say the cinematographer, uh, Kyung Pyo Hong, uh, his like most known for movies that he shot is Parasite, The Wailing, Snowpiercer, and Burning. That's a pretty good... Uh... That's... You could retire on that. Yeah. You can... You're done. What more do you need to prove? You can rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can rest. Yeah. He shot Mother as well. Ooh, Mother is so good. Mother so movie done. is this. Is this the Mother with uh, the exclamation point at the end, or is this a different... No, 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 no. No, no, no. Just, just, uh, just regular Mother. It was came out in 2009. Okay, oh, okay, okay. okay. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, anywhere to be honest. Mother? Uh, I don't know if it is. Uh, you can find it on Hoopla. <laughs> oh, Ooh, a Hoopla. That's, that's the library one. Which, by yeah. the way, I signed up for it a library works. card just for that app. Yeah. Yeah, it works. <laughs> you can get nine free rentals a month out of it. And yeah, I because I, I was looking for because when I do coverage on the radio, I was like, well, how are people going to stream some of this stuff? Like some of the older things that I'm bringing up. And I found this thing called Hoopla. And I was like, oh, this is weird. And I looked through it. I'm like, oh, no, legit. It works. You sign up for a library account for anyone that's doing that's connected with Hoopla. You can get an, uh, an online account. Yeah. And then you just directly connect it to Hoopla and you get access to their library. Yeah. Interesting. You'd have to see if your library is a part of it. Cause I think I, I was interested because I, when I signed up for it, like I, well, I live in Vancouver, but none of the Vancouver libraries were associated with Hoopla, but there's one in Richmond, which is like adjacent to Vancouver that I was like, well, I could just sign up there and get it. So. Oh would, man. Richmond is like the only library card in this area. I don't have. Oh. <laughs> if you have a Coquitlam public library, one they're hooked up to Hoopla as well. Oh, okay. okay. Good, good, good. There you go. So. Yeah, I would definitely say, um, yeah, Hoopla's great. Uh, I, yeah, surprisingly. I say, yeah, because I, I mean, the thing is, I get it because libraries are sort of like a cultural sort of hub for a lot of things, not just books, but other media as well. So I guess it makes mm-hmm. sense that they would have sort of a collection of films to watch as well. I think they have audiobooks on there as well. I, I also saw that they had the Crystal Lake Memories, the Friday the 13th documentary on there. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You watch it in a whole new place now. Yeah, if you don't want to go watch it on Shutter using Trouble Pod code to get thirty free days, you could definitely do it on Hoopla. Which, by the way, you wouldn't get thirty free days. Just saying because you know it's not Trouble Pod. That was a really bad plug, <laughs> but you know what? Go use that coupon code, please. <laughs> we all got extra time on our hands, so yeah. Oh shit. Um, cool. I think it's. Uh, time to give this a score. I mean, I of, I mean, it's going to be pretty obvious, right? I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Like we've been nothing but like to be derogatory, we've been nothing but jizz all over this movie. <laughs> uh, so like ten, obviously. Like if if we did all of this and I'm like eh, it's like a seven, I'd be like, 
I'm like lying to myself at this um, point. So Steve, ten out of ten. I hate to say this to you, but I am incredibly racist and I don't like movies with subtitles. So this, <laughs> this is the two so, out of ten. So uh Kurt, this is my last episode of Tremble Albion. <laughs> uh but but yeah, it's uh no, it's a perfect movie. And and yeah, I do watch movies with subtitles. Because you know what? If if you live your life just thinking I'm never gonna watch a movie with subtitles, you're gonna sell it on so many great films. So Exactly. Exactly. You're gonna miss some of the greatest cinema that has ever been produced. Ever. So yeah. Uh Taylor, I'm guessing you're probably in agreement too. Probably Oh yeah. Full hundy. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those movies like as soon as i watch a movie and i know that i could rewatch it pretty much any time and still enjoy it then mm-hmm. i instantly know it's a 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. that's awesome no this really is a movie that you should uh watch and enjoy if you haven't already it's so fantastic so um great steve where can people find you if they want to find you around the internet yeah. or, or other yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Steeple Dead. I'm also on Letterboxd as well. I think I'm under the same name there. Uh, and my website is stevestebbing.ca, and you can hear me on the shift with Drax across Canada, uh, 11 p.m. Pacific on Thursdays. Uh, if you're in the Vancouver area, it'd be cknw.com, and then everywhere else, it's Chorus Entertainment Network. So whatever call sign that radio station is, you can find there. Um, yeah, Taylor, how about you? Where can people find you on the internet? It's there. Um, this podcast and social media mainly. Um, my username is Circeanic on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Nice. And I'm over Film Critic Kurt on Twitter. Uh, Fatal Koala on Letterboxd, whenever that's back up. Uh, my life just oh, feels yeah. so distraught now that Letterboxd is down. Um, I've been going through my wish list on Letterboxd just to kind of like fill the time because I always add movies to there that I'm like, oh, I'll get to these eventually, and I just never get around to it so now i have the time so it's down for everybody not just me yeah no no i can't get onto it either fuck man letterboxd you failed you failed yeah you absolutely failed us you failed your clients we love you letterboxd and you let us down (laughs) fuck man i think we have to be one of the podcasts that mentions letterboxd the most out of any because i didn't listen to a few other so. podcasts and i'd never hear anybody mention it i'm like no it's such a no it, it's, it's really my handy, favorite though. social media it's my favorite honestly yeah. i mean i can get on there and i don't have to hear about mega hats or whatever other dumb shit i don't have to yeah. see boomer memes you know it's great it's it's the perfect social <laughs> media <laughs> i mean those boomer memes can give you give you a good laugh sometimes though that's for sure it's true that's it, very true i was thinking i'm like wait, there's gonna be a point now where i'm nostalgic for the days of facebook where i can log in there was cool shit and now i just log in and it's just like like oh remember back in the days of landline phones and i'm like no nah, i'm done with this shit i can't do this anymore. <laughs> back back in the world of mega pokes and uh yeah. the status updates where you had to say what exactly you were doing because it started with is every single time yeah, yeah. I'd rather not focus on the quote-unquote times when things were good and now be depressed about that we're all out of touch now. I'd rather not get there. I'd rather just, <laughs> you know, especially in these times of, like, isolation and everything, like, do we really need to get depressed about our past and how our glory days are so, quote-unquote supposedly behind us? Like, this is fucking sad, man. We got some, some intense thoughts. We have some good days ahead of us and some good content ahead of us too. But fuck yeah. 
Yeah. Oh boy. Next week. Is the next two. Woo. Yeah. Good night, mom. Woo. And the Bob Duke. Ah. Uh. I don't know why I said Bob Duke like that. I just I don't know. I think it's such a wonderful title that. And the 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 theme there is kids are awful. <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever take Good Night Mommy and uh, sort of make it into a gay icon? You know. No, they could. They could. <laughs> I. I can't wait to get into my my theories on this movie because uh, I really love France and Severin. Oh man, these yeah. these two because I I mean uh, they di- they did the Lodge. Uh, I saw it last year at the festival, and oh my god, did I love that movie? So I still yeah. haven't seen that either. I can't find it it's, anywhere, and I want to watch. It's it on so Blu-ray. Bad. It's on Blu-ray next week. I want to, or no, it, it already came out on Blu-ray last week, I believe, or the week before. So it will be available on demand. I'll have to track it down somewhere. I really want to watch that. It's I fucking love it. Riley Keough is oh my god, so uh, good. Now keep in mind, I've never seen Goodnight Mommy, but I did Google it. One of the first images I see is a character from the movie alongside Jason Voorhees. So this bodes well. <laughs> good omens. Yes. Uh. Well. Until next time, everyone. Bye for now. <laughs>